Hello, my friends. How are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition Podcast, which is brought to you by the Fake Fireplace Company. Fake fireplaces, because some people just shouldn't be trusted with fire. This podcast usually features a replay of our Sunday sermon, or on occasion a sermon from another Well Sister Church. But today, I was given a written copy of the sermon, so I'm going to read it myself. I hope that you're edified by it. It's titled, Believe, and is based upon John chapter 20, verse 19 through 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And now, on to today's meditation. Houston, we have a problem. Famous words. They applied to Thomas. He's a 21st century man, and he has a problem. He doesn't believe. Now that's a problem. Thomas. He's obviously from Missouri. Are you? We have celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, but we, like Thomas, didn't see it either. Must we place our hands into his side? Our fingers into his wounded hands, too? You do understand that that is living under the law. One that Thomas made. And we often do, too. I must see some results so I can be sure God is really there for me. Something that really proves it. Something I must see for myself. I must get my act together. No? Not you? You don't have to? Where were the disciples? They were locked in the room. Why? They were scared of the Jews. Why? Well, they were afraid the Jews would kill them too. Okay, what of it? Didn't Jesus say, Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it? Didn't they believe Jesus when he told them that? Hmm, they must have missed that part. They were locked in that room because they were living under the law. By the law came the revelation of their sin, so they hid. They didn't wear fig leaves, just a room behind a locked door. Each of them. And they were ashamed of themselves, their sin, 
their lack of faith, of being caught by the same people who arrested Jesus. But most of all, they were afraid of Jesus, so they hid. And Thomas? He operated blatantly under his own version of the law. Hey, I gotta see, feel, touch. Brilliant reasoning. God's word and promises were not enough. Jesus came to them, just like in the garden, in the beginning. But the words from him this time were not, Where are you? But, Peace be with you. Jesus offers and gives them peace. Peace means the forgiveness of their sins. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost ones. Them. He follows up by saying, Tell the rest of the world. The women were talking about seeing Jesus alive. Emmaus' disciples saw him alive. Peter and John saw the empty tomb. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Jesus, in the locked room, is there, with them. And there's that problem again. If Jesus did rise, would you want to face him after denying him, abandoning him, and hiding out? Would you want to face the person that you sold out like they sold out Jesus? You remember, the law kills. It shows you your sins. The disciples were looking at Jesus in that room. Uh-oh, now we're going to get it. The prophet Nathan looks directly at you now, and you cannot avoid his words of law to you. Thou art the man. Except, thou aren't the man. Jesus is. And the law killed him instead of you. The stroke that justice gave is struck by God, the Father, who made Jesus to be sin for us, who carried all your sins and mine, and those of the whole world. Whoever did live, were living now, and all who would live tomorrow, all their griefs and sorrows, yours and mine, to the cross, and damned him instead of us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him, which righteousness does not come by the law, but by God's grace gifted to us in Christ Jesus through his bloody death and glorious resurrection. And faith comes by the power of God the Holy Spirit, by the word and promises of God for you, by hearing the word of God. Yes, God the Holy Spirit, working in, with, and under God's word as it enters into your ears and through your hearing into the hearts to bring you to faith in Jesus, and keep you in that faith. Faith, which means believing what the Word of God delivers and teaches. Christ Jesus crucified and risen for you and for the life of the world. What a Jesus! That powerful Word, miraculous words, words of love, peace, joy, words of life, Jesus' words. Those disciples had the Word of God. Thomas did. The eternal Word of God the second person of the Trinity. They had him, the word of God made flesh. His name is Jesus. Thomas didn't believe him, not right away. He was afraid. So were the others. Perfect love casts out fear. Jesus is perfect love, in the flesh, for them and for you. So why the fear and they were filled with fear? They were hiding out in the room, door locked, 
One of them refused to believe unless he could apply his own test to Jesus. Okay, I guess so. Jesus had referred to his disciples as ye of little faith on more than one occasion. Thomas and the others got the convincing of their lives, Thomas especially a week later. And so, here we are today. Jesus came for you, too. He came to seek and to save you from your sins, to pay for you the ransom price, his lifeblood. He was made flesh and born for you of Virgin Mary. But then something absolutely miraculous, something astoundingly marvelous happens, the convincing of your lives. And we don't need to go to Jesus in the old upper room someplace. We don't wait for an appearance of Jesus so we can place our hands into his side like Thomas did. We never do. Jesus comes to us. Jesus once came for us to bleed and die for us and earn our redemption. And the convincing that occurs for you and for me every week comes not behind locked doors, but in a larger room, and not a smaller room somewhere. Jesus comes to us and delivers that redemption he won for us now as he comes to us in the waters of holy baptism and in his word preached and taught in the bread and wine of his own body and blood in his supper. The room is called the church. It is where God's word of forgiveness of sins is purely proclaimed and all God's saving gifts are distributed to you, where by the power of the Holy Spirit, God makes them your very own through faith in him. Away with sin and sorrow. Our faith is not in vain. Christ has arisen, and he has risen for you and me. And the miracle of forgiveness of sins happens right here for you when you were baptized at the font. And the miracle happens right before your very eyes every Sunday thereafter when you gather together in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that was placed upon you at your baptism, and you are renewed and restored in baptism's holy absolution. We are baptized into Christ Jesus, baptized into his person, into his death, and raised out of the waters of holy baptism with Jesus in his resurrection to live in a whole new life in him. Raised to that new life by the gifts of his spirit, the gift of repentance, the gift of faith, God made it all yours in his dear son, and he offers, gives, and seals it to us in the forgiveness of sins, full and free, that we can love and serve our neighbor in the peace of God, forgive others their sins against us, and rejoice in a whole new life in God's kingdom, now and forever. But how can you know? For sure, that is. You and I know that each of us sin daily and much. The sin is in me and in you. We must war against ourselves to stop our sinning, and that isn't easy. How can I defeat myself, the sinner? And the devil is always around me, tempting. He is a foe I cannot defeat. And I know that I am faced someday with dying. Is there really any hope? Can Jesus really forgive me? And besides all that, the world and society bombards and cajoles us with plenty that all adds up to, well, it tells us that it's all about us, all about this world, all about this life, and holding on to health care, getting a decent job, and paying more and more for everything while trying to hold on to an ever-shrinking retirement. And the economy and the environment 
it will all soon come crashing down on us. We're hard and fast bombarded by a Christless society and an ever-increasing drumbeat of historical sins, of prejudices and accusations, and the divisions are even carved deep into our families, drawn by political persuasions. Woke, we are all now told, is how we are really to be. Jesus has not spoken at all, and the church has already been successfully called non-essential. Where can we hide from all this? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Those words you have given to your church. Resurrection is the word. Jesus is his name. You find rest for your souls in the forgiveness of sins, and that is exactly what Jesus gave to his church on the occasion of today's text. Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. That is why the church is here, to preach the gospel, to administer the sacraments, and to forgive and retain sins. That is what worship truly is, to hear God's word and receive his gifts of forgiveness of all of your sins, eternal life, and salvation's victory over death and the grave and the resurrection of your body. Jesus promised that to you in his own death and resurrection, and you can believe it because the fellow that promised not only accomplished, but rose from the dead as he promised. So then, how much more do we need Jesus to stand with believing Thomas, to confess with him Jesus, his blood, death, and resurrection, to cling to his promises. He is my Lord and my God. Christ Jesus teaches you that, apart from him, this life is ultimately an exercise in futility, because eventually everything is failing, falling apart, breaking down, dying. This is why St. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19, If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. This is why St. Peter writes in his epistle, Now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. From 1 Peter 1, verse 6 and 7. Peter also declares this important truth. Such trials and griefs demonstrate that these things do not last, but also points out that what does last, what does endure, his powerful, forgiving, life-giving word and sacraments, the blessed are they who have not seen and yet believe. Although all else falls apart around you, Christ has died to redeem you from sin, and Christ has risen and he is a very present help in time of trouble. God's word and promises. Jesus, the resurrection, having been justified by his grace, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said it. Hear it. Believe it. It is finished. 
you are forgiven all of your sins. All of them. So what are you afraid of? What room are you hiding in? God's Word teaches us that this world is sinful and dying. God's Word is clear. All people will die, no exceptions. There is nowhere to run or to hide except in Jesus. But Jesus is risen. For you. Jesus is the victory, Thomas saw. God's Word, the Bible, declares it. Thomas, together with the church, proclaims the confession, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Yes, even eventually when everything fails, falls apart, breaks down, dies. Although all else falls apart around you, Christ Jesus and His bloody death and glorious resurrection stands as your redemption from sin. And this incarnate Son of God declared those miraculous life-giving words, Peace to you today. He gives you peace, the forgiveness of sins, hope and life that He has won for you on the cross right then and there in the divine service in His absolving words that He speaks to you in Pastor's voice. God's word, as Jesus said in the text, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Miraculous! He speaks the word again to you in his holy supper and to strengthen your faith and increase you in love to your neighbor. He gives his true body and his true blood for the forgiveness of all of your sins and the hope and the life forever in his kingdom that he won for you on the cross. This is why, just before the Lord's Supper, the pastor echoes Jesus' Easter words, pastor's voice, God's word, peace to you, and says to you, the peace of the Lord be with you always. Nowhere else do such miracles happen. It is absolutely marvelous. And with St. Paul in Philippians 2 verse 16, we with Thomas boldly confess Christ Jesus and him crucified and risen for you holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ you may be proud that you did not run in vain or labor in vain. Dear friends in Christ, you have seen, you have heard by God's saving word. You are forgiven all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011. 
and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity